Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 62nd edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. But it's not just former players, it's former managers, former coaches. And today we're very lucky to be joined by Dennis Conyard, who's a former physiotherapist. And Dennis was at the club between 1982 and 1986. Dennis, how are you, my friend? Fine, thank you. How are you, Jason? I am not too bad at all. Now, Dennis, you're one I was looking forward to interview, basically, because I interviewed Doug Hope on the podcast, who you know, a, a few months ago. And, and obviously, the 80s, uh, it was a very interesting time at the club. Now, you was a Wolves supporter growing up, wasn't you, Dennis? Well, you know, I'm Wolverhampton man, so, uh, you know, I can't remember the first time I went on the uh, terraces. Yeah. But I know I was there for the, like... Uh, the on-vet match and the uh, Moscow Dynamo, you know, when there's 52,000 on the ground. Can you believe that, 52,000 on the ground? I mean, Dennis, no, I can't. And, and, and you know, in complete contrast to it, when you was at the club, it, it was it was actually nothing like that. And what is really interesting about this story is at the time, um, just to refresh the, the supporters' memories, Derek Dugan was the chairman. Um, it, listen... Derek Dugan was obviously a player we all revered. He come back to the club as chairman to try and save the fortunes. And this is so interesting now. Derek Dugan went on the radio and put a radio appeal out for a physiotherapist. I mean, it wouldn't happen today. Can you imagine Jeff Shee doing that? But Derek Dugan put out this radio broadcast uh, on a local station for a physiotherapist. And you was listening, wasn't you, Dennis? Uh, well, actually, no, it wasn't exactly like that. Okay. Uh, he, he was on Beacon Radio, and he was given an interview. Yeah. Because he'd just taken, with, with the Barty Brothers, yes. he'd just taken over, over the walls. Yes. And he, and he said in passing, you know, we've got nothing at the club, we're starting afresh, we haven't even got a physio. Yeah. So my, my wife's friend was listening to this, and he, he said, he phoned her up after, he says, look, he told her all about the interview, and he says, "Why don't you get Dennis to uh, to apply for the job?" So, <laughs> you know, I, I was in—I got my own practice by then. I was in in the Penn area. Yes. So the next day, the um, the wife—she actually found me three times during the day. Have you found the wall yet? I kept saying, "No, I'm too busy." Anyway, I, I, I did in the end, and uh, and I got an interview for uh, the following Thursday at. At four o'clock. Yeah. So up I goes there, as you do, in your suit. You know, I expected to sit around a boardroom uh, with a uh, cup of tea, probably biscuits. And uh, in the event, in, in the foyer, uh, Dave Dugan come out. And you must remember this. I've been on the terraces watching this, this, this player. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's standing in front of me, and he's, he's, he's going to shake my hand. And the great Derek Dugan, anyway, he shakes me out and then he, he introduced me to uh, the manager, which was Graham Hawkins. Yes. And, and, he, and he straight away he said, right, walk with us. So we went through the door and we went down the corridor. And it's a long corridor and, um, uh, and we got to the treatment room 
and, and we went in his treatment room and Dogan says to me, he says, does everything look familiar? I said, yeah, well, yes, although it's very antiquated, the machinery was. Yeah. I said, yeah, he says, well, we got some pliers here that need some treatment, will you have a look? <laughs> and he got seven pliers waiting for me. Oh, my word. Uh, yeah, I know. The thing was, I, I just said, right, I wasn't phased at all for some reason. I said, I said right, I took my jacket off, rolled my sleeves up, <laughs> and my first uh, player I treated was the one and only John Richards. Wow. Now, now you imagine me, I mean, I, first of all, I was a referee around the local parks. Yes. So all the football clubs knew me. So I was treating a lot of the the, uh, the amateur league players, the works league, Sunday league players, and uh, and then to, and getting my hands on their knees, so to speak. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's John Richards sitting in front of me, and I'm holding his knee. You know, I'm searching his ligaments and things like that. It was quite uh, uh, surreal for I me. Mean, that was. I mean, Dennis, that's so interesting because, like you said, you know, you, you're literally minding your own business. You've got your private practice in pen. Next thing you know, you're treating John Richards. I mean, look, obviously, that's what I'd have expected as well. You go for an interview, you sit down, they ask you questions, they're interviewing three yeah. or four people for the position, but it looks yeah. like they'd made their mind up about you before you even got there. Well, um, I treated these seven players, which it took, it took three hours that interview did. Right. I mean, if you if you go for an interview for three hours, you'd be shaking, wouldn't you? You but, would. When you don't know about it. <laughs> so anyway, I treated these seven players, and, and Graham Hawke is the manager. They're like at the top of the treatment room, which is like an elongated room. Yeah. There's like sink and a counter. And Graham Hawkins sat on this counter for these three hours, and he talked to me, and he watched me treat the players. And, and that's, I think, he was satisfied with that. And and at the end of it, he says, when I finished the seven, he says, right... He said, I like, he said, I like that, Dennis. He said, would you uh, will you stay with me to the start of the season, which was about probably about three weeks? And I said, yeah, OK, yeah. He said, then we'll, we'll make a decision about something permanent. And so that's what happened. And um, for the... Uh, anyway, before three weeks was up, he, he comes one day, he said, look, Dennis, let's go to the chase. I like you, the lads like you. Will you stay with us? And I said yes. Oh, well, and I mean, now, I, I know that's how I'll become the uh, the Wolves uh, physiotherapist. <laughs> now, Dennis, uh, if you don't mind me asking, quite a personal question. You see, you was there for three hours. You treated seven players. Did they pay you? Oh no! Oh no! It's an interview. <laughs> Oh, listen, <laughs> that's brilliant. Listen, we all know that that, that, that obviously Wolves um, obviously get, got their money's worth out of people at the time. And I, I, I know you, you said this to me. There was a huge uh, numbers of, of players on the books at the time, wasn't there, Dennis? Yes, there was. Uh, we had 39 playing staff, which, which is a good-sized squad. Yes. Um and, and from that, of course, we used to we used to run four teams. Yeah. We'd have the youth team, the intermediates, reserve, and the first team. Yeah. So, so sometimes, and this wasn't every week, but sometimes you'd have four games that week. And so I was always got treat, uh, injured players, like, you know. Yeah. So it's quite a hectic. And, uh, and I, I don't know if Bulls any different to any other club, but there was only me. I mean... Nowadays, when you look at that, got 
two physios, I've got yeah. masseurs, uh, nutritionists, psychologists. psychologists. They've got them all, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, they've got sports scientists. They've got everything. Yeah. They've got all That's the equipment. It. So when you say, Dennis, the, the, the uh, equipment was antiquated, in what way? I mean, was it just was there just some really That's basic stuff there? No, it's out of date. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in my practice, I've got this digital controlled um, ultrasound and laser and all this, yeah. <laughs> which I could produce any current I wanted, you know, from interferential currents to dynamic currents. And, th- and then there I was at the walls. I mean, John Richard was actually using, when, when I went in there, and th- this... Um, this ultrasound machine it's got three heads on you see yeah and, and you 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 use the heads to to, to the top of the you've got anyway and i and he told me what he's done i said well john i said you've you got the wrong head on there you get no sound out of that at all like no ultrasound <laughs> so i mean and, uh, go on the the, the uh, heat lamp with one of these it's about two foot diameter you know, and uh, oh dear, it was uh, oh, and the the actual interferential uh, therapy machine. It's one of these old type with oscillators on. Now, basically, what that is is it's like a screen, yeah, and the current wave, yeah, crosses the screen, and you're looking at that. Well, of course, you know we've we've moved on. I mean, you know, from my the, the machines I've got in my practice is. Uh, you know, ten times superior to that. So, so in actual fact, there's a story. So I'll tell this quick story. About yes, of course, different. of course you can, Dennis. And it was that old. I didn't know how to use it. So I took the serial number, and as soon as I got home, I phoned up the people, my suppliers. Yeah. And I said, look, I've got to work this machine, and I'm desperate for this, uh, for an instruction manual. How do you work it? Like, so uh, anyway... For them, within within the next day, I got the instruction manual, so I was able to go in there and switch this machine on, you know, <laughs> and get it all up and running, uh, you know, for the players to come in. So, uh, I mean, would you it, know, I, I didn't know how to work that machine to start off with. <laughs> would it be fa- would it be fair to say, Dennis, that that some of this equipment was probably from the the seventies, even maybe the late sixties, and it was just, you know, it had been obviously used during those periods and just never replaced? Yes, that's it. I mean, um, unfortunately, you know, I think it's all changed now, obviously, but, but it was in the, uh, the physio was a, a treatment room was a, just a necessity, wasn't it? You know, it was uh, the players at first, everything revolved around the players. Oh, okay, we've got to have some treatment. Game so-and-so. I'll yeah. get so-and-so in to do it, you know. Yeah. There was no priority for it, you know, yes. like it is today. Yes. Uh, it was uh, quite an eye-opener. I mean, some of the players that you worked with, uh, you mentioned, obviously, John Richards. Um, you sent me some fantastic pictures, which, which you know, I will upload to Twitter, etc. of you with Mel Eves. Uh, I believe it was uh, Kenny Hibbett. Um, I think one was John Pender. I mean, yeah. you know, there's some big names there, isn't there, Dennis? That that you worked with. It must have been once again. You 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 you, you know, you're treating Joe Public. Then the next thing you know, you're treating people who you've been watching on the telly. Exactly. Like, and you, you you've missed out Andy Gray there. Oh, of course, Andy Gray. I mean, he was a top man, wasn't he, Andy? Yes. Yes. And 
I always liked Andy good professional he was you know he he was a brave player Andy was yes um Mind you, uh, those, those all good lads. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Kenny Ibbett, I mean, and John. These are senior pros, yes. and they acted like it. Yes, yes. You know, they they was I was senior pros, and and, uh, and they set a good standard for the young apprentices. Yeah, so, you know that that was good. So you was there, Dennis, as well for the promotion season when we went back up. Well, what a, what a season that was. Yes, I mean. Um, we were winning, you know, all the while we were winning. Yeah. And, um, mind you, that got to the Christmas time when, when we was having the Christmas break. And um, and we were six points clear there at the top. Yeah. And, and so they took the lads away to Q8 for the weekend. Yeah. How did uh, you do? <laughs> I, did, I didn't go that because I got Wayne Clark was injured. And, uh, and and one or two others, but Wayne was the, they wanted him ready for when when the season started, uh, you know, after Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so I stayed behind with Wayne. Anyway, they come back after these two days, and um, and I, thought, I think we drew the next six games. So, so it it wasn't beneficial to, yeah, to break yeah. break it up like that, you know. Because I believe we, we finished runners up that season to QPR. I might be wrong, but yeah, I think, I think we finished runners up that season. Um, I mean, listen, yeah, the, that's right. The, the, you have got a good story as well, um, which is very interesting, Dennis. Because I believe uh, you, you know you, you you tell us about all the uh, antiquated devices and and equipment that you'd uh, inherited. You also inherited a very interesting medicine box, didn't you? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, what would I make about that these days? Oh, it wouldn't happen, the, Dennis. That's right. So, so you have two bags. So I've got, I've got a running on bag. Yeah. Uh, and, and then we have a, a medical box, which is what we, we take around with us to all the games. Yes. And when I opened this medical box, one of the prime things was half a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and of course you think, what the hell is this for? Anyway, I mean, I just left it there as a... You know, uh, yeah. I'm just new to the game, and I so I left it there, and all it was for was, and there was only two players to, uh, avail themselves for this, yeah, and that was uh, Andy Gray and Kenny. You know, the, the system was the referee would ring the bell to come out, right, and that's when the coach would then uh, start the team, wind them up, get them running on the spot, touching the ceiling, touching the floor. Really getting them wound up, you know. Yeah. And then, it, and then we'd say, "Okay, get out there." And as I was walking out, that's when Andy Gray would come over and take a, a quick swig of the uh, of the whiskey. And sometimes Kenny, it was just a sort of a, you know, a, a put some fire in the battle, I suppose. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it, like you said, it wouldn't happen now. Joe Martino, for example, or Raúl Jiménez, or whoever, wouldn't be having a shot of tequila or a shot of, you know, there wouldn't. It wouldn't happen, would it? Well, what about all the Muslim players who, who don't drink? Well, of know? course, very important. They wouldn't even they wouldn't even have a, 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 bottle of, a bottle of alcohol in the dressing room, would they? Really? Hey, Dennis, that's a very very important point. And what was your relationship like with the Duke? Because at the time, you know, like I said, he was a player we all revered. He's come back as chairman. He's got some important decisions to make. Um, you know, not everyone's pleased with him. I know towards the end, the supporters got on his back and, and tainted. Um, he, you know his, his position if you like with the club 
what was your relationship like with Derek Dugan, Dennis? Well, it was a great relationship with Derek. He, he said, Dennis, I was in the boardroom, right? And he said, Dennis, he said, you are now the physiotherapist for Wolverhampton Wanderers. He says, and, and, and I'll, I'll get all the prestige you can out of this position and I will promote you as much as I can. Brilliant. If I get a picture in the papers, I will. And do you know, he did all that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I also sent a picture of the, the Wolves management on, on actually on the Molyneux, didn't I? Yes, you did. Great picture. And, and there was an example of that. I mean, within the first week, uh, the, the chairman came down, he knocked the door and he put his head and he said, Dennis, he said, get yourself a tracksuit. I want you on the pitch in five minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, I hadn't even got any kit then, so I... I run down to the uh, the kit man, Jack Dowin, and I said, Jack, I said, I need a taxi quickly. And uh, and I went on the pitch, and that picture is like the management. So you, you've got me, then you've got Graham Hawkins, yeah. um, then Derek Dugan, then John Arlen, the president. you got Dougie Hope, I believe, uh, as well. Uh, yes. Well, the next one was Roger Ipkiss, who was a director. Roger Ipkiss, yes. Then... Edward, um, Eric Woodward, who was the chief exec. Yes, Eric Woodward. Then, then Doug O. Yeah. Then Jim Barron. So, wow. I mean, you imagine, I mean, you're a fan, you're a Wolves fan. I am. So within a, within a week, I've got a Wolves tracksuit on and I'm standing on the actual pitch. <laughs> What's going on here? I've got, I've got my hand around, around this, this, the manager and the ex-Wolves player and all. It, it was quite uh, quite exciting time for me. I'll tell you. But but Derek went on from there, and um, th- there was occasions when uh, I had one particular occasion. I said, "Look, Derek, uh, it was up with some sort of a function. It was yeah. in the green room, and everybody was in a jovial mood." I said, "Well, I thought this is a good time to tackle Derek here." I said, "Derek." Uh, well, I didn't say that, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I, I did, I did. I called him. And I called the manager, you know, the boss. Yeah. Uh, although in private you'd call him uh, Graham, you know, and Derek. But, yes. Uh, and so we... Uh, and I said, can I have a quick word? He said, yes. I said, well, look, there's this thing out. I said, this machine. And I think it would be a big benefit to us. I said, it's a laser machine. Well, oh, he said, he said, how much? I said, well... And he, I think it was 1,200 pounds. I said, it's 1,200 pounds. And I was expecting to sort of, you know, say no. Yeah. And he says, okay, have it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I did. No wonder we wasn't signing players. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Benson laser there. So, I mean, I was, I was really chuffed. So, you see, we was looking after things. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll say this. You know, when, when he had his heart attack, he had yeah. it on the, uh, Saturday, I think. On the Thursday, he was round my house. Oh. Now, for, year, for years, I've been treating him as a private patient. Yes, yes. He would, he would come in there, and of course, you know, football's got terrible feet. Yes. Terrible feet and uh, knees, obviously, yeah. arthritic, arthritic by yeah. now, you know, they, when they've stopped playing. Because you ain't, listen, do you know this? That uh, what they used to do, some other players, they'd have a new pair of boots, and they'd get in the bath with them. Oh right! right? They're naked, but they put the boots on. Yeah. Right. So they'd get out, 
and let the boots dry to the feet. So, right. So it gave, you know, it gave a good fit. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. I used to see John Burridge do that, you know. It was quite amusing to see him walking around naked with, with a pair of football boots on. Being good old budgie. And so, do, but, uh, any, but anyway, Derek had this, this, he had a lot of problems with his feet. And, yes. Um, he had operations on them. And then he came round on the Thursday to tell me, look, Dennis, I've got these shoes on for the first time in six months, a pair of shoes. And and then of course he two days later he had a heart attack and he was dead. So oh. uh, lots of people have different opinions about Derek and they and they can curse him for one reason or another. Yes. But I'm afraid I can't do that. He's always been a good. He was good to me. Oh. And my wife feels the same, you know. Oh well, do you know what, Dennis? That's really lovely to hear because obviously, listen, Derek was a great man. He was pioneering yeah. for football, not only just for Wolves. And I think that at the time, coming back to the club during that era, was it a mis? I don't know if it was a mistake or not. And in hindsight, we'd all make different decisions. But his hands were tied. Now, what was? I mean, you know, it, it, the 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 uh, the people behind the club at the time were the Batty brothers. Once again, you know, whether they be misunderstood or not, or people think they're good or bad, I've got my opinions, and and you know, but. What I will say is, um, you know, at the time there was coming into the club, you know, it, it, everyone was doing as much as they can. What was your relationship like with the Batty brothers? And, and did you ever well, even see them, Dennis? Yeah, I only ever, I did see them occasionally. Yeah. But uh, Mohamed Barty, who was the, the, the elder brother, who was the man. Yes. He, um, now he's a strange thing. If we talk about old style things, right? Yeah. About knocking on doors before you come in and things like that. Yes. Well, my treatment room off the corridor, there was only three people knocked the door. One was my manager. Yeah. He knocked the door. They'd, they'd walk in, knock the door and walk in. The second one was the chairman. Yes. And the third one was Mohamed Barty, but he wouldn't come in. I'd have to shout for him to come in. So he knocked the door and I'd say, Enter, you know, and he'd come in. <laughs> yeah. This is my, and, and he would ask about a particular player. You know, it didn't happen very often. Yes. But, that, but what I saw of them, I, you know, I liked them. That, yeah. was, that was good. Yeah. And I think, listen, they've been misunderstood. They've been misquoted. Um, you know, there wasn't the PR around at the time as there is now. So there's all sorts of stories. But at the end of the day, I think it was a thankless task for whoever was involved with the club. And, you know, what's interesting as well, you said you used to run on the pitch, Dennis, with a, with a bucket and sponge. And, I mean, so your little bag, that you, I mean, now they've got, there's two of them going on, they've got gloves, stethoscopes, they've got, you name it, in that bag. I mean, what literally was in your little bag you used to run on with? Well, first of all, don't forget this, I've got a bucket of water. Yes. Right. So, uh, and, and what you have, the, 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 um, the actual bag was a uh, an old bladder, you know, from the football from a case ball. Yeah. So Jack Dowin would cut the top off the off the bladder. Yeah. Right. So that would be in my bucket, uh, full of water and a sponge, and then I'd run on with that. So uh, in my bag, I'd got various things, you know. Um, um, I got an eye spray mainly, and. Uh, various uh, strappings in you know in case there was a I've got to do something quickly yes but basically that, that's all it was you know it was uh, but but 
But the the uh, the hygiene of it all, I mean, it's terrible, you know, <laughs> if you're on a muddy pitch. Oh, I can believe sponge, it. I'd have to sponge the knee off with all the mud <laughs> and then that sponge went back in the bucket and for, when the next player came out... Yeah. I, uh, can I tell you a funny thing? Of course you can. This is a funny thing, but you yeah, know, I can't remember the player's name. Don't worry. We, had it. we had him on live from Aston Villa and he's Andy. Anyway, Andy Blair? We was at Old Trafford. Was it Andy Blair? Andy Gray now. No, not Andy Gray. There's another Andy. No, An- Andy Blair. Yes, he was, yes. Yeah, Andy Blair. That's it, you've triggered it, yeah. There you go. So, we was at Old Trafford. Yeah. And, and they hadn't had the, the pitch extension then. I think it was only 42,000. And uh, and and Andy caught this ball in his face and he made his nose bleed. He was right over the, the far side by the United supporters. So the referee called me. I run over there because I wear glasses. You know. I run over there and I got my sponge because his face was a mass of blood. And I run my sponge over him. Yeah. Over his face. And as he got as he got over his face, he went like that. And he and he spit all this blood all over me. <sighs> And, but it was all over my glasses. See, Dennis. So I, couldn't, I couldn't see. And so, Brilliant. And, as I, and I was that close to the, the United supporters, I could see what had happened. And they all started cheering and laughing. And uh, and with that, of course, I couldn't see. I took my glasses off. And I must have looked like a panda, you know, with two big <laughs> white circles. I mean, and even the referee came over and he, he couldn't help himself with that. I mean, that is. I mean, so Dennis, you know, I never even thought of this side of it. But so, what's it like for you to all of a sudden be running on in front of forty-two thousand at Old Trafford? Well, you know, the first time, our first match was uh, is pre-season match. Yeah, is at Swindon Town, and uh, and that's the first time I run on. And of course, I was like anybody else. I was watching the ball. Uh, but you shouldn't watch the ball when you're a physio. You watch your player. Yes. So you, the, the, the player's going for a tattle. And then you've got to stay with that player till he gets up and runs off. Yes. Don't follow the ball. Yeah. So at Swindon, that's what I was doing. I was following the ball. And Jim Barron said, Pins down. Well, he's now. He's. Uh, we just call him Sus. Suspender. You know, suspender. Yeah. He's now, we call him Sus. Sus is down. Sus is down. And of course, I'd missed that, you see. And, and so I learned my lesson from that. And the other thing was, and, and me being a referee, I should have known, I run straight on to him, didn't I? And when I just got to him, the referee decided to call me on it. And he he lifted his arm up in the air to call me on and blow his whistle. And when he turned around, I was under his arm as he lifted his arm up. <laughs> and he says, he says in, in quite some uh, different language to me, he says, where the hell have you come from? <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely. Oh, no. I mean, oh. um, also, uh, Dennis, if you don't mind me asking, it's a bit of a personal question, but I do always ask, especially people from the 80s. We know you didn't get paid for your interview, so you got three hours, you've done that for nothing. Um, I, I take it they paid you in the end. What sort of money was you on, Dennis, if you can remember? Yeah, well, um, I finished up on uh, 180. That's all right. The thing was, um, it wasn't the money for me, it was the prestige. Of course. Now, okay, I, I'd got a family and I'd got a mortgage to do. Yes. Um, and in fact, each year, it doesn't say much now, but each year I used to lose about four and a half thousand pounds by being at the walls. 
you know, because I'd be away, I couldn't treat, you know, if you're playing down London, you, you, you know, you get on the coach at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, yeah, and then you spend all night and you wouldn't be, you, so you'd miss two days' money. So, yeah, that's a good I used point. to lose about four thousand, four and a half thousand pounds a year. But that wasn't the point, was it? No. I was a full, I was forty years old. Yeah. And I was living I was living a dream. Of course you was. Of course you, you know, was. You know what I mean? You just sat and of course my my dad was my father was, was dead and my uncle Tom who was avid supporters and and I just wish I'd have been there to see it all. You know, oh. it's, a, it's a shame. And my brother as well. He used to go down the match and um, and and knew all the players. In fact, you know. You know um, Eddie Clam's mother and his sister. He used to know them. He used to meet them on, you know, before games and things like that for a drink. Oh, wow. so um, so there you have it. And, uh, and I, I believe I might be wrong here. The physio before you was the actress Julie Walters' brother. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Kevin Walters. Kevin Walters. And actually, he wasn't before me. He was the one. Before, before me. Oh, was the he? One, the one I replaced was... Um, Eddie? Eddie uh, Edwards? No, oh no, good Lord, no. Uh, Milam. Right. John Milam. Yes, yes. John, John Milam. Flipping uh, uh, I know, uh, so Kevin Walters was before that. So. Yeah, your memory's better than mine, Dennis. Um, well, it and, is sometimes. <laughs> and and not only did... I mean, you started under Graham Hawkins. You worked with a whole host of managers. Which managers did you work under, Dennis? Well, first one was Graham Hawkins. Yeah. Now, let me say something here. that uh, Football, it's a business. And like all businesses, they've got the, way, the methods and they've got protocols. Yes. And you have to go and you have to learn this. And, and so, therefore, you know, you did your job, which is physiotherapy, and oh, don't encroach in other people's areas. Yes. You know, there's lots of protocols goes on in football that you wouldn't believe. You know, it's just like any other business you have to learn. I mean, you couldn't go on a building site and start walking around with that hard hat on that of course you thing, couldn't. you know what I mean? Of course you couldn't. So, um, so... Uh, just remind me what you asked me again. Oh, sorry, no, it was, uh, sorry, your managers. It was Graham Hawkins. Oh, yeah, Graham Hawkins. So he, he set the ground, uh, him and Jim Barron set the groundwork for me. They yeah. told me, they showed me how, how football is run, how the club is run, and we had a great a great setup there, you know. That, yes. That first year, it was, it was really a pleasure to go into work. You know, we used to laugh and... And we, because we was getting the results, I suppose that's of what it was. And then, um, and then, of course, Graham wanted some. Uh, he wanted five players when we got promotion. Yeah. And uh, and he asked for these five players, and he never got one of them. We we had uh, we had a lad called Tony Towner from Kettering Town who nobody had heard of. That's right. I know he was one of Derek's signings, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, as as much as uh, Tari Town is a great lad and, uh, and fast winger and all that, you know, um, we needed extra. We needed more than that. Yes. So, so you know, we didn't get the results. So therefore, after six months, they they, they sacked Graham. Yeah. Graham Hawkins. So he's gone. And they put, yeah, they put Jim Barron in charge then. Yes. 
for the last six months. And of course, Jim could get no more players in. Yeah, so we had the same problems. That's right. And then we had the fanfare of uh, Tommy Doherty coming in. Tommy Doherty. So he would have been working with who we had on the podcast very recently, Greg Fellows. Greg. Yeah. Big, big mate, you know. Good lad, uh, Greg. No, I wasn't a lover of Tom. And Tom wasn't a lover of me. <laughs> oh, right. right. And why was so that, Dennis, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> why, why was that, Dennis, if you don't mind me asking? Well, yeah, yeah, we'd have two, he'd have one opinion and I'd have another one. Yes. I am talking football now, I know nothing about that. I'm talking about uh, treating players and, and one thing or another. Yeah. And, um, but of course, he was the manager, so he always won. Yes. Um, so we, we we always sort of with loggerheads over different things. You know, I'd want to keep the player back for training and uh, for treatment, and he'd say, "No, I want him." I'd say, "Well, just give me a couple of days." And he'd say, "No, I need him," and and that type of thing. You know, and, and so I had to put up with all that. But um, yeah, and he should have just let you do your job, really, Dennis, because that's what obviously you were paid to do. Yes. Um, Having said that, as much as we used to fall out, he was always um, uh, he was fair in so much as uh, here's, a, here's a thing we played Southampton. Yeah. Uh, Laurie McMenemy was the manager. Yeah. Uh, he, this is a funny thing. This is because Laurie was a Geordie, wasn't he? That's right, from up north. Yeah. Yeah. And he says we, we, we was having a drink after the match in his uh, well, he is. Uh, like lots of players, uh, managers drinking the college's room. Yeah. Like Sheffield Wednesday, Jackie Charlton. He, you know, when I saw saw him, he was uh, in the boot room at Sheffield Wednesday uh, at Southampton. He was in the, the physio room, as I remember. So there was Laurie McMenemy there, and um, and so he, uh, and so he said, "I'm going to be Laurie." Did he says, "How do you lot communicate?" He said, "You've got him." He said, pointed to the to Tom. He says, "You're a Glaswegian," and then Sammy Chapman said next to him, "He said he's from Belfast." He says, and he's, he's from he's from the West Midlands because I talk so broad." Yes, yes, yes. And at the time, our sponsor's that tongue has sent a Chinese lad over to, to sort of yeah. work with me. I'd show, I'd show him what's going on, and, then, and there's a Chinaman there as well. Brilliant. And he said, the elder lot. <laughs> But it worked. Anyway, but from that, he gave us took a while with. He gave us two bottles of champagne, and uh, and on the coach back, I always used to sit behind uh, Tom, and uh, and he, you know, so as much as we used to have our differences, yes, he, he lived. Uh, oh, this is actually is drinking champagne out of a starring cup in it, <laughs> and he lifted the cup out and said, "Oh, is and he'd pass a glass. Uh, Champagne over to me, you know. So we we got on. That's all. That, yeah, we had to get on, didn't we? What you know. brilliant! That is. And who was it after Tommy Doherty? Who did you work with after Tommy? Well, um, Sam took the reins for another for another few months. Yeah, and then Bill Bill McGarry came back. Of course he did. Yeah, uh, he was, uh, yeah. So, so uh, Bill McGarry. I got funny. I forgot him well with Bill McGarry. Uh, uh, I, I was, I was, I'd heard so many stories about him, um, how strict he was and all that. But he sort of took to me, and and like when we was away at a game, um, 
like to have a pre-match meal. Yeah. But all the lads here just want Saints and Greasy, yeah. you know, after the meal. Well, uh, and I used to like to watch it, see, but Bill McGarry used to always put his head, Dennis, he said, come with me. And we'd, he'd go for a walk. And we'd only walk down the street or around a couple of streets and all yeah. that. Because, you know, it's only for an hour, like. And he'd be asking certain questions about players and one thing and another and, and just talking about anything. So, you know, I got on with him quite well. He was um, he was never a problem to me. But I will say this, that uh, when I decided to leave yeah, and, and I put a resignation in... Yes. Um, I said, I'm going to give you a month's notice, uh, boss. He said, OK, then. So, after a month, I come to the, my final game and he still hadn't got a fish out. So, I, I went in to see him. And I said, boss, I says, uh, I'm listening to my last game today. You know, you haven't got a fish out. Come in and shut the door, he says. So, I did. And he says, look. He said, between me and you, he says, I'm leaving today. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> right. he said, I don't know, he says, but I'm resigning today. And then so, what could I do? Then I after that, he resigned, so I couldn't leave the club without a manager and a future. So I stayed out for another month. It's an interesting thing, is the times, you know, we're talking about the 80s, right? Yes. And, and Bill says, you know what, he says, he said, I'll tell you why I'm leaving. He said, you know what the road they're doing? He said, I want to buy Floyd Street. Yeah. I think he, I think he was £15,000. Yeah, from £15,000. And um, and he said, do you know, them phoning around to find out if he was, if he was worth it? He says, in my day, talking about the first time he's at the Walls, he said, in my day, I'd go to John Island and I'd say, uh, Mr. Island, I want 150000 for so-and-so. And he'd say, yeah, I'm it, Bill. Yeah. He said, so I ain't, I ain't staying no more when I can't even get £15,000. Wow. And that's why, that's why he left. And how times have changed. And who was it? Well, actually, this has just come to mind, Dennis. Who was the physio after you? Was it Paul Darby? Uh, no, I don't, um, I don't know. No, he wasn't. Because I know Paul Darby come underground Turner, which I believe would have been uh, obviously late oh, 1986. Sorry, yes. Yes, sorry, I was thinking of something else. You are quite right. Oh, was it Paul Darby, you, was it? Yeah. In actual fact, uh, Graham Turner did phone me up. Because right. I, I, I knew Graham Turner from... Um, from all the matches, you know, and, yes, of uh, and it, because if you think, if you know about this, Graham Hawkins, he was the coach at Shrewsbury Town when Graham. Yes, that's right. He was manager. number two. That's right. Yeah. So, so uh, if Graham, uh, Graham Hawkins, we had parties or whatever it was, I always met Graham Turner, and um, and so when I left the walls. I think I've been back in beyond practice about three weeks. Yes. And Graham Turner phoned me up and says, "Will I come back?" And um, and I said, "I'm too settled. I'm afraid, uh, you know, I just had enough by then." Of course. You, you you know I I worked seven days a week. Okay, not always on a Sunday, but I did work most Sundays. Yes. And it was I. The playing staff and the managers and all, they had Wednesdays off. Yeah, you was in, well, I bet. 
I didn't. I had, I still got treatments to do in Japan, and and even Christmas Day. I mean, I was working Christmas Day, so some. Oh, well, that's a point, you know. I think it was it nineteen eighty three. Yeah. And they decided they decided that um, the FA that the uh, a man would no longer pick the uh, Boxing Day fixtures. We'd have it done with a computer because Boxing Day, if you remember back in. Mind, I don't know how old you are. You I'm 43 on this day as well. <laughs> but the thing is, you see, Wolves always play for Boxing Day. We play West Brom. Yeah. Or we play Aston Villa, Birmingham, or Yeah, Stoke. or the local ones. But that day in 1983, we played Ipswich on Boxing Day. Right. Now, Ipswich, so, Jeff Paul, remember Jeff Paul has got a bit of an eagle. Yeah. So I saw him at, uh, in my surgery on Christmas Day at 11 o'clock in the morning, right? So he'd have to get up on Christmas Day. He got two kids. He'd have to leave them to come to the treatment. Yeah. Then he went back home, and then we all met up at the Molyneux at, I don't know, what, three or four o'clock. And we all got on a couch Christmas Day and travelled to Ipswich. Oh. And then you get into a hotel where it's dead because nobody wants to be there. Of course. And it's a skeleton staff. You can't drink, and, you know. And, 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 that, and all these young, don't forget, these are all young lads with kids. Of course. And, and they got, they're all away from their families. Yeah. You know, so I'd worked, uh, you know, all the while, now through the week, and it um, worked out sometimes 365 days a year. And after the four years, I was just shattered. I bet, Dennis, uh, in, on the day... Go on. Pardon? I was just going to say, on the day you left, because obviously you've clearly got so many great memories and, you know, over four years. It, on the day you left, was it was it quite a sad day? Yes, it was. And, um, and what took me by surprise was, um, we got Andy King with us at the time. Yes. And and I was leaving and then, and he called me into the dressing room and the lads were there, you know. And he said, Dennis, uh, I'm sorry to see you go, and then that brought me a carriage clock. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you still got it? Yeah, of course I have. Well, I, have. I love stories <laughs> like that. It's uh, so yes, you, you know. I really love I stories ready, like that, Dennis. The, I was ready for the move because the, the club it was heading into the fourth division. Yes. And. Um, all the professionalism seemed to have gone out of the club. Yeah. Everybody seemed to be at, at each other. Um, and I know you were talking to Greg about the things he couldn't get, you yes. know. Yes, yes. Um, whereas with me, I've got to say this, I was always paid. Yeah. Right? I never had time and I didn't have money. So things just got worse when I left. Yeah. Um, but I had such things as um, I couldn't get supplies. Yes. So I'd go to Keith Pearce and I'd say, Keith, I want so-and-so. He'd say, sorry, Dan, I've got no money. And then he'd phone down a few days later, Dan, I've got 50 quid. <laughs> Get some plasters. So, and, and you know what I used to do? And it's heartbreaking, really. At the end of a match, I used to go around and pick up the tie-ups. I've got no yeah. bandages. I picked up the tie-ups. And I used to soak them in a sink to get mud off them. Yeah, to use, to use them, them again. For the next match. Now, two humiliating things here. Yeah. One was, we had this chap who used to uh, look after the uh, 
the players' lounge, let let only let thirteen people in. Yes, his name was Mel Bird. Yeah, and yeah. he used to, he used to run a, a Sunday league football club, and a great great bloke, Mel. And he said, "Look, Danny," he says, "I know you're struggling." He says, "But I can get you some badges. You know, our club's got some you can have." And how about that a Sunday league side saying so I could I mean, give me some stuff? A Sunday league side supplying walls and, and stuff. Each day. And, and the second one was we played uh, Bolton Wonders. Yeah. And um, one of our players was Alan Ainsco. Yes, Alan Ainsco. And, and all these players, they have, they have rituals to do. Now, there was two types of deep heat. Well, one was called deep heat. You know what the other one was? Um, Raljex. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, I'm glad you're there to prompt me. <laughs> I am not bad at this, am I? <laughs> so, Alan Ainsco had this thing about it. He, he wouldn't, I think he was deep. I don't want deep. No, I've got to have Rolex. So, I always had some especially for him. But, of course, by the time we went, we was up Malton, I hadn't got none. So, I went, <laughs> I sent one of the apprentices next door. No, he must have been deep because they wouldn't have Rolex. Yeah. So, I sent the uh, apprentice next door. I says, Go and ask the physio, just tell him I forgot my DP, see if I can borrow some. So he comes back with the tube of DP. So I'll get, you know, does Alan and away he goes. So at the end of the, the game, when I was tidying up, I went round to the physio and I said, Bolton physio, I said, Easy DP back, thanks very much for Easy D, mate. He said, You keep it. He said, Your needs greater than ours. Oh. Um, that's terrible, Ian. He, I mean, don't forget, this is we're in Bolton now, we're in, I'm from Wolverhampton, and he knows all about what's going on. Yeah, I mean, because what's interesting, Dennis, you was actually there for the. You know, with the greatest respect for the whole decline from the from the slide from the 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 top flight all the way to the fourth division, and that must be yes. difficult for you. You got your hands tied. You're doing your job. You're doing it to the best of your ability, and there's no better man for the job. But on the pitch, it just wasn't wasn't happening, was it? It wasn't happening, and 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 like all um, teams, you've got to constantly strengthen teams. Yes. Right, so when 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 we went up into what, well, it's a premiership now. We used the first division there. Yes. Graham knew what he wanted. Yeah. Right, and uh, and he wanted these five players, uh, and he never got them. So the squads never strengthened. No. And it just went from then, and, and then we come straight down, and he goes straight down. By then, of course, oh. you've got the problem with the, the Barty brothers who, yeah. who wasn't allowed to build a uh, supermarket, so they couldn't put any um, money in. And then, without well, finances, that the, the literally was was nearly no football club, and that that's hard for you, Dennis. Not only yeah. is it your job, you, you're also a supporter as well, so it's almost double jeopardy for you. It was. It was. It was terrible uh, at times, you know. Well, well, there you go. I mean, Dennis, if you can look back now on on those fantastic four years, um, if you can look back now, if there's one memory which makes you smile and one memory you always like to look back on to, to pick you up, what, what, what memory is it? <laughs> uh, I, you're right, I've got quite a few. Uh, none other memory than... Um, I did some travelling with the Wolves, you know, Belfast. Yeah, we done, we toured Ireland, uh, Sweden three times. I've been to Spain. And, and getting off a coach in Sweden, and somebody walks up to you in a Wolves strip, 
Yeah. And he says, Dennis, would you sign my book? And he's got a book of pictures of me. Oh, my God. How, how, how strange is that? But, but that isn't the best part. Well, yes, that's interesting. Now signing autographs for Binek. Oh, oh, I'd always sign an autograph. I was part of the team, so I'd always ask for that. <laughs> but this chap specialised in me. He's got pictures of me in the book. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, my, my best memory is... Yeah. Uh, we were, I was at the, at the club for a fortnight when we were going to play our first match at Swindon. Yes. And and Jim Barron walked in, into the treatment room, and said, hold your hands out, hold your arms out. And he, and he dumped a kit in my arms, and it was... Short shirt, training gear, uh, trainers, boots, and, and I got all this. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, that day I went home. There was nobody in the house, and I got all this, and I put this kit on. <laughs> I put the wolf's kit on, and I walked into my garden with it on. <laughs> oh, and and, and the. I, I felt a fraud, actually. Ah, uh, you're not a fraud, I got, I got, I got, I'm not a player, but I got the kit on. Aye. And then I was in my garden, in the wall strip, and I was working for the walls. How about that? that I bet, I bet. That's my best memory. Oh, Dennis, that is an amazing story. Well, Dennis, you've 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 lifted the lid on, on a very important time at the club, some fantastic stories, which... For interviewing you, we would have never got to hear. There is a lot of former players as well, Dennis, that listen to the podcast. Um, from obviously your era, I know John Purdy yeah. listens to them all. Jeff Palmer, uh, Dean Edwards, uh, Steve Daly listens to them. Um, you know, so I, I know they're going to love listening to these stories. The, and Mel Eves as well. These are players that, that, that you looked after and treated and helped. So I want to thank you for your time today, Dennis. It's been unbelievable um, stories to, to, to interview you about. I wish you the best of luck and you are welcome on the Wolf Whistle any time in the future. That's very kind of you, Asian, and thank you very much for inviting me. No problem, my Bye. friend.